hopefully I'll get to do a little bit of exploring because that's the um that's the last like stand of uh of like undiscovered like uh an uncharted kind of region of the world that's the right. last like place you can really make like real you know archaeological discoveries Welcome to the Dode Mode Podcast. This is episode number two, where I'm interviewing my first guest, my good friend Isaac, who I've known for a long time. We'll be talking about his upcoming trip to Peru and some of the other stuff he's doing in his life right now. Without further ado, as they say, let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Isaac. My good friend, how are you doing today? Hey, thanks, Dorian. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I know it's, uh, yeah, I'm I'm super excited to be here on the the second episode of your podcast. Um, Absolutely, and I'm super stoked to have you as my first guest. And so, without further ado, let's uh, let's jump right into it. Can you give give me a little background of kind of the adventure of your your history uh let's see well i mean yeah let's see i'm uh i'm 20 years old you know just like you 20 um i've been around for 20 years so but no i was born in canada um in uh in kingston ontario you know lived there until i was about five or six moved down to Nashville, Tennessee, um, you know, uh, lived there until about 18 when I moved to Oregon, was there until pretty much six months ago when I moved back to Tennessee. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty much my my history of, you know, where I've lived. Now, uh, as far as me as a person goes, you know, I like, uh, I like, excitement and adventure that's kind of what drives me as a person um so you know some of the things that i like doing are uh right now you know i love uh, i'm really into jujitsu and and mma boxing muay thai been doing a lot of that lately um and i'm getting ready to travel to peru here in uh, a couple of days so- you gotta share some i'll have to interview you <clears throat> after that of course to get all the stories but you'll have to tell me a little bit right now like what's the agenda what's the plan for peru and have you ever been have you ever been to another country like that or overseas or anything before um what are you expecting that kind of stuff yeah yeah so i have been out of the country uh a couple of times uh now canada i don't really count uh because you know it's pretty much just the north of the United States. That's pretty much, you know, pretty much what it is. I don't really the, think of it as another the country first state or so. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's right there. And literally, I mean, I, I think until the, the eighties or nineties, if you were American, you could pass into Canada without a passport. All you needed was an ID. So huh. it was like, you could pass through the border. They, they changed that within the past, you know, a couple decades for, for some reason. I've been to Mexico and then I've been to Haiti and those are the two other countries that I've been to. Both of those were mission trips when I was in high school. So I was in ninth grade when I went to Haiti uh, and we were there for about two weeks. 
uh, at an orphanage, um, doing, uh, yeah, just, uh, helping the local population or whatever. Um, we went around and did a lot of medical stuff. It was, uh, it was, it was very interesting. Um, I got to change a grown man's diaper, uh, which was something I still think about to this day. Um, wow. not, yeah. Cause it's, uh, man, being, uh, being paralyzed and having to have somebody change your diaper must be the most dehumanizing thing possible. But this guy that, uh, he'd been in, been in this like really bad motorcycle accident, um, which left him completely paralyzed. He was one of the like happiest, most like joyful people I ever met. He was just like super, super happy. Um, so yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to, to, and then Mexico was similar kind of thing. Mission trip. Um, both of these mission trips were, uh, like, I don't pretend to that they were like, Oh, I went out there and I helped a bunch of people and I did so much it was more about like the money that we raised to donate to them, to these mission companies or whatever, these missionaries. Um, right. and, uh, cause one of my there's there's a big uh there's this there's a big issue with like uh tourist or missionary tourism which is like when people just go out and they really it's not even about uh you know doing stuff where they're they're helping uh these people who are less fortunate than them uh they're just going out there and giving a bunch of money to this organization which doesn't even you know use one percent of that uh, doesn't actually even use 1% of that, uh, on the, uh, the, on their actual like mission or whatever. They just right. use that to pay out, uh, all the people working for them. And so it's kind of a scam a lot of the time. Um, but these, these two times were like, uh, I, I don't think it was quite that, but I definitely, I definitely wasn't, I don't, I'm not some, you know, savior who went and saved these people or whatever um yeah so i call it a mission trip but in my mind it's it was you know it was more of like partly like going to a different country and experiencing that while uh you know going out and doing some light like missionary work or whatever cool, cool. um but yeah so peru uh for peru i mean i'm gonna be there for until december 22nd i think uh and i'm leaving on november uh 3rd so i'll be there for about 45 days and uh, oh wow i didn't I realize back. it was such a long time i thought it was yeah. a couple weeks yeah i mean i was gonna originally go for three months so just 90 days but sophia my sister is uh getting married uh i'd come back um you know be with the family over christmas and then uh you know be at her wedding and then i might go back who knows i mean we'll see what happens but i think after that uh what i've planned so far i think i'm gonna be heading out to alberta to uh visit you and you know a bunch of other people but yeah so uh i mean i don't really have any like big plans for peru other than uh other than uh just you know kind of having some time to be in a different place and experience a kind of a different culture and uh you know just see 
you know, how that, I know it'll be fun and I know it's going to be, you know, just an experience. And so that's kind of just the goal is to have an experience. I don't really have a, you know, a major goal to get out of it other than maybe, you know, finding out a little bit more about myself and uh, yeah. And also a side goal is to get better at Spanish because I really, I want to become fluent at Spanish uh, sooner rather than later. Cause it's a, I think an important skill to have in America today, but yeah, totally. Uh, yeah. And that's the best way to do it. Right. Is to submerge yourself mm -hmm. in a country where that's what they speak. That's awesome. Yeah. I found in my travels, and I think we found this when we traveled together, having low or no expectations is huge for making it a good time or whatever. Right. Cause if you're not expecting anything, everything that happens is just a total bonus right mm -hmm. yeah so more or so less. i think that's an awesome way to look at it yeah yeah i mean i think i think it works i don't i just at this point i don't have any like like it's not like i have some a lot of people when they're traveling i mean they'll 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 have some kind of goal like oh i'm going you know here because i want to climb this mountain because it's like the biggest mountain in this region or whatever and or, you know, a lot of people have goals like that, or they want to, they want to see something specific or do some specific set of things. I don't really have that. I've always wanted to see the Amazon rainforest and where I'm, where I'm staying, uh, which is Terrapoto, uh, or outside of Terrapoto, uh, one of the major cities, I guess, in, uh, uh, in Peru is like, you know, right next to the, the rainforest. So Cool. Hopefully I'll get to do a little bit of exploring because that's the um, that's the last like stand of uh, of like undiscovered, like uh, an uncharted kind of region of the world. That's the right. last like place you can really make like real, you know, archaeological discoveries. Uh, not not necessarily, but like uh, not necessarily the last place because you can always find these things by digging and whatever. But there are um there are like hundreds of uh of of buildings and like temples and stuff that have been spotted through uh <clears throat> i forget what it's called but some kind of terrains uh scanning like within the amazon that have not been visited that are like you know still above ground which uh you know which is pretty uh would be would be pretty cool to get out there and kind of uh maybe stumble across something like that absolutely uh, Oh, dude, but that yeah. feels like like everybody's kind of secret dream would be to just like be a treasure hunter and discover all these like <laughs> unknown places and stuff. Uh, it's kind of sad growing up and being told that everything's been discovered, you know, mm -hmm. like I think there's still stuff out there we don't know about. But but we're oh, kind of for told sure. that it's all like you could see everything from satellites and all that stuff. So. That's pretty yeah. cool, man. That'd be awesome. Do you have a list? Are you starting to like um, write down some spots you might want to check out or anything like that? Nope. I, I haven't done a single thing and I don't think I will. I, I just kind of want to show up there uh, fresh and kind of get at it like as I'm as I'm, you know, there. But uh, but at the same time, it might be a good idea to do that. So I don't know. We'll see we'll see totally that's awesome cool man so tell me a little bit about your 
adventures out in Portland? Because that was when you first moved out from home, right? Is you went mm-hmm. straight out west. And so yeah. tell me a little bit about that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, I'd graduated high school and that summer I was kind of looking at some schools to go to. But I was like, I was really just not feeling good about going to to college uh, or university, whatever, whatever you refer to it as. Uh, and uh, and so uh, I got to talking with my uncle or I guess my dad did. Um, originally, my uncle was like, hey, you know, is uh, he heard I was kind of like looking for something to do over that summer. And, uh, so he invited me to come out to Portland. He has a farm, like kind of outside of Portland, uh, that he had just bought and he wanted somebody with, you know, some more farm experience to, to kind of help him get, uh, get things started there. So I, uh, yeah, I ended up going up there. I was originally just going to stay up there for maybe two or three months, just kind of over the end of the summer. Um, but then, yeah, I just, I kind of. I ended up kind of liking it probably because, uh, you know, moving away for the first time, it kind of felt like, a you know, a nice, uh, just to be out there on my own. So, uh, I ended up moving out from there, you know, got a job working for, uh, working for a traffic, uh, like, a uh, traffic barricade, uh, company that make made, uh, like traffic barricades and did setups for them, road closures and stuff. And I worked for them for a couple months and then, uh, <clears throat> and then started working for a roof and window cleaning company. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, living with, uh, you know, three other guys in, uh, you know, uh, just a house. Yeah. In a house. Imagine that. That's, um, that's crazy. Better than being on the streets, but yeah, no, that was, it was a great time. And, uh, I got to do a lot of stuff that I would not, have felt comfortable doing at, uh, in my hometown. Uh, I don't know what it was, but being out there kind of on my own ability to kind of like take control of my, of my life and do, you know, what I wanted to do, uh, which I think was great. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it and I, yeah, I'm very thankful for that time. Um, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And then you also mentioned um, jujitsu. Are you are you doing another discipline as well right now? Uh, yeah, the only one that I'm actually doing like at a uh, at a designated gym is jujitsu, which which I'm I'm doing at Tenth Planet in Nashville. Um, so I go to classes there, you know, as often as I can. I haven't been at all this week because I was out of town and um, and you know doing other stuff, but. But I try to go there at least three, four times a week. And then Muay Thai and boxing I've been doing with uh, with some friends uh, who are uh, who've been doing it for a while. So we'll go out to like parking lots late at night and spar and stuff like that. So it's not as like uh, it's not as controlled of an environment, but it's I, I think it's, you know, it's still just as good, if not better, because we're getting that real sparring time, in, which uh I think is probably the most important way to build confidence for an actual fight. Yeah, that's awesome. I tried out, I went to one Muay Thai class um, last winter and I was not impressed because it turned out to be more of like a workout session. So 
there was like five minutes of fight training and then the rest of the hour was like doing exercises and skipping rope and stuff and i was <clears throat> i didn't want to pay for yeah. that you know so um so that real so, world experience i think that's awesome yeah and i i think it's far spirit my friend uh he goes to a a muay thai gym but he's gonna quit because he said it's becoming the same thing as like what you just mentioned and uh that's the real that's the real uh it's a real like problem with a lot of a lot of these gyms like Muay Thai gyms and boxing gyms and a lot of stuff just turns into like, depending on their, their client base, they just turn into like kind of, uh, they don't, they, they kind of go away from actual fighting and become like a workout kind of session, which is not what it's supposed to be. Um, and that, that typically happens when you have a bunch of women and liberals at, at the place, um, can be a real issue, but uh, I, I had that same, if you have What's a client that? base that's not interested in actually fighting, but is more there just for fitness or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause then it's like, how can you even call yourself like a Muay Thai gym? If you're not really actually teaching um, Muay Thai and getting people sparring and like, you should not be at a Muay Thai gym if you're not comfortable um, getting kicked and punched in a, in a sparring session. Uh, that's that's my personal opinion um but you know absolutely there is, like fitness kickboxing and stuff like go do that and i don't know right right so what um what inspired you to get into have you always done how how long have you been fighting or doing jujitsu and what inspired you getting into it um for uh i mean i've done like some martial arts here and there you know from childhood uh like i think i did my first like martial arts class when i was like eight or nine or, or it might have been a little older than that like 10 or 11 but um but just like basic stuff and that was never something i ever got like good at it was just kind of <laughs> something i i went to uh as a kid and you know, I didn't particularly, particularly enjoy it at that time, but, um, so I, and then I never like, like fought or wrestled really, uh, like did wrestling in high school or anything like that. I never, I never really did any of that. So this is all pretty new for me. I started, uh, Muay Thai back in, I think March of 2022, maybe. Um, so about a year ago, no, or about a year and a half ago. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. And I did that for about six months. And then I I did that in Portland. Uh, and then I moved and I uh, decided to start doing jujitsu because, uh, you know, a couple of friends had been talking about it. And uh, I figured it would be a, you know, a fun thing to do to, to, to just learn and you know, I just want, I really just wanted to see if I, if it would be something I would enjoy something to, uh, you know, an activity to have. And then I really ended up liking it a lot. So, um, but yeah, so that's how I started doing jujitsu. And that, at the moment, like, I mean, I think I've only been doing it for about three months or two months. So not long at all. Right. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's something I feel it, it seems like a very manly kind of discipline you know is mm -hmm. one of those fighting disciplines and i almost feel like every guy 
should have at least one of those that he's working on, you know? I've said this before, but I just, I love the the saying, um, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. So having that capability is so huge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I think it's really important to develop your uh, capabilities for violence as a man. Um, and then learn, you know, you want to, the thing is, if you don't have any capability to defend yourself or attack somebody, then you have no, you know, right to, uh, to like you, you have no right to restrain it either because you don't have anything to restrain. So how is it manly to not fight when you don't even know how to fight or, uh, or, or, you know, and also it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things that when you know how to do it, you're just going to feel, you know, more confident in every in in situations that would, you know, maybe phase people who have never been punched in the face or, uh, or never punched somebody else in the face, you know? So, right. Right. I think that's, it's very important, you know? And as a guy who, wants to eventually have a family and stuff like that. Um, it's definitely pretty cool to have a skill like that where, you know, it's one of those things where you can take care of your family, right? You can defend right. or whatever, right? 100%. Like, uh, I mean, you know, I I would never, I don't expect that I will ever be like out one day with my, you know, future family. So I'm out with my wife and, and two kids and whatever. And we're, uh, you know, walking around and some guy comes up and tries to kidnap one of my children or something. And I'm like, Oh, I know how to handle this and just start, you know, beating the, beating the ever living crap out of him. I don't think something like that will ever happen, but I mean, it's, it's better to be, you know, prepared. Like you said, it's better to be ready. Um, And even just have, you know, the self-confidence that comes from that, that will help you uh, avoid fights rather than, rather than just win them. Totally. Yeah, that's huge. That's awesome. I really like the way you said that about um, I'm losing it now. Might have to edit this part out. It's only number two. Leave it raw, man. I'm telling yeah. you. I'm going to listen back to this and I'm going to like just cringe the whole time because I <laughs> I hate listening to my own voice. Cause okay, I, I so, just... so an interesting thing, I heard that nobody has ever heard their own voice live because your ears because they're situated on your head they get the vibrations through your bones and stuff in a different way so we actually don't know how we sound in an unfiltered way which is crazy and we'll we'll never know so that's why when you hear a recording it always sounds off because mm-hmm. you're not used to hearing it that way you know yeah 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 although so. i i believe in like professional podcasting studios, they have uh, like instant feedback, instant voice feedback uh, into like their headphones. So when you're speaking into the microphone, you hear your voice. Now, obviously it wouldn't, I guess be exact because you'd still be getting those vibrations from actually speaking, but still apparently it's uh, it's one of those things that people either really hate or really like, because you can tell, like you can hear yourself so much better and you can hear the way you're talking and the way you sound pretty much yeah. live yeah maybe not exact but still um 
airplane headsets have that as well because it's usually so loud in the cockpit that unless you heard yourself through the headphones you wouldn't know if you're talking or not so um so they usually play back uh what you're saying as you say it as well which is kind of cool but probably not as sweet as like a nice podcast rig or something yeah. you know yeah cool but that's okay. expensive so we don't have a lot of time left as we wrap up um what are your you said you leave in a couple of weeks for not even days on the on yeah i leave in about five days wow uh, the third of november cool so, so any last kind of plans while you're in the states for the last little bit anyone to say goodbye to or anything to do real quick uh i mean my main plans are are kind of just to try and wrap up uh like cancel all my you know subscriptions and like my gym memberships and stuff um yes gym memberships i have multiple unfortunately um but uh yeah, just that kind of thing. And obviously I do uh, want to say goodbye to all my friends here and stuff, but uh, you know, that's, uh, uh, that, that, that's something I've, uh, I'll just, you know, I'll just end up hanging out with some people. I'm not totally. throwing like a goodbye party for myself or anything. Yeah. Um, so what kind of yeah. stuff are you bringing with you? Are you going pretty minimalist or do you have a bunch of gear? I'm going to be going really minimalist. Uh, that's my plan is to just pack as light as I possibly can. Um, pretty much just clothes and uh, a small amount of uh, like video equipment. I'm going to bring a GoPro, some SD cards, extra batteries, stuff like that. Just so I can do some filming um, kind of if anything interesting happens, which hopefully it will. Uh, but other than that, no, I'm probably going to bring a book or two. Uh, just so I have something to read because I'm I'm planning on really trying to while I'm on this trip just get out of uh, get off of uh, the internet kind of just uh, kind of take a step away from from that and uh, uh, so you know I'll need something to read do in the downtime um, but other than that yeah no it's going to be real light Cool. That's awesome. So I probably won't hear from you too much while you're down there, but I'll definitely have you hop. I'll back definitely on try here. to check in after yeah. uh, when you get back. You'll have to jump on here again, and maybe maybe you'll have some videos we can link to and stuff. And it'll be yeah. great to hear how your I, adventure goes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'll be honest though. I will definitely be able to. I'll definitely like. I'm not gonna 100% just like turn off my phone and not talk to anybody, but I'm gonna just try to especially during the you know I'm, it's going to be one of those things where i'll i'm going to just try to not be on it for anything other than communicating with friends and family um and i know i'll be able to do that because the the people i'm staying with the uh this guy robert who's uh uh he's he lives down there with his family he when i was talking to him on on the phone he uh he video called me on signal actually. And, uh, it looks like he has great reception there because the video was, uh, was, uh, was, it was perfect and all that. So I shouldn't, cool. it's not like I'm going to be in the jungle with no internet access, but, uh, right on, right on. Maybe just a day or two here and there. <laughs> you might be out there camping. Who knows? 
yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I do get a chance to do something like that. Cause I mean, it's a whole different world out there. Um, and, uh, I mean, the rainforest is, is, you know, something, something that I've always wanted to like, uh, you know, to, to see and, uh, explore and, uh, you know, it's the best place to, the, they, they say, uh, as far as like, uh, I don't know if you've ever like read any survival handbooks or, or anything, but I was reading the, uh, the SAS survival handbook and they say the, like the rainforest rainforest is the best possible like terrain to pretty much have to survive in because there's so much food, water, all your, all your basic necessities are there. And right. obviously there's a lot of insects and uh, animals that can kill you and, and will want to in some cases, but uh, it's other than that, you know, it's a good environment. So <laughs> I'm pretty that's, excited. That's awesome. That'll be a great, great experience. Cool, man. Well, it's been great having you on. We're running out of time here. I like to keep it short so that people um, stay interested. And for I sure, everyone's got lots going on. I know you've got lots going no, on. No, they just so. have they just have short attention spans. Well, that too. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the main thing. That's a problem for me, dude. Oh my gosh. With, uh, oh, no. with social media and stuff. Um, that's a huge problem for a lot of people, myself. Included. Oh, it is. Oh yeah. No, me too. I, for sure. So anyway, it's been a pleasure chatting with you and I'll get you back on here without too much ado to hear all about your adventures. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I look forward to, uh, yeah, to listening to this episode back and, um, man, it'll, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. Totally, man. It'll be fun listening to this. Cool. All right. Awesome. Peace and love, bro. See you soon. Yeah. Yeah. See you soon, bro. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks for joining me in my great conversation with my good buddy, Isaac. And I will hope to catch you guys in the next one. Uh, You know the drill. Leave a uh, review, comment, whatever. I don't know, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. You guys know what to do. I'm basically just doing this in my spare time, so I'm not trying to get anything from you guys, but... Anyways, peace and love, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.